Bob McCallum podcast for a uh, Monday. It's Christmas week, ladies and gentlemen. How it has snuck up on us. Well, it, on me, at least. Uh, Wait, what what else have you been doing? What else uh, have you been doing? Not a damn thing. <laughs> I mean, and I expect Christmas Day will be no more special than uh, today or yesterday. Although I probably won't have to see you. So um, oh. I'm thankful. Uh, no, that's no, John. It's, it's, not, it's not Thanksgiving. It's Christmas. It's uh, John. Well, you can be thankful on, on Christmas Day, too. Okay. Um, John Shannon is, uh, of course, uh, here. And uh, joining us to talk about the developments in the uh, hockey world, um, Bruce Garriott of Post Media out of Ottawa and uh, Scott Burnside of The Athletic, who's in Atlanta and um, ready to go. Well, it looks like we have a go-ahead for January, what, John 13? Yes, sir. Uh, and yet there are many questions still to be answered. Uh, Burnside, to you first, any of them concern you dramatically or things you think these are things that the NHL will sort out? I mean, other than where will all the teams play and <laughs> can they start somewhere and finish somewhere and how many is, uh, you know, yeah, I, those are I the mean, questions. I, yeah. I, yeah, you know, and I, I, you know, sort of half jest, but um I mean, there, we still don't know. Uh, certainly, we have a lot more certainty that there will be a Canadian division than I think we did four or five days ago. I think the idea that, you know, that that at some point the seven Canadian teams could pick up and go south of the border because of um, not being able to satisfy the, uh, the the wants and needs of the provincial five different provincial um, health ministries. To me, that was a that was a deal breaker. If you have to move south with those seven teams, I I failed to see how you could do it. But it looks like the Canadian teams will stay north. We really don't know though uh, whether all seven Canadian teams will start in their own buildings. Will they finish in their own buildings? And you know everything we talk about with this, as we talk about with all our lives, uh, is predicated on what happens with COVID nineteen, and, and we don't know. We know we're in. You know, even as we talk optimistically about the dispersal of vaccines on both sides of the border and around the world, it, we still are in the worst of the worst. And it's not going to get better. Uh, at least medical officials don't believe it's going to get any better in the short term. So, you know, uh, and I think the NHL and the NHLPA are, are you know, like they, they don't live in a bubble, uh, if I can use that term. They don't live in a vacuum. So they understand that. And I think what you'll see is... Uh, a lot of contingency plans and a, a league that has proven itself to be very nimble all the way through this. And that's going to be required going forward. No question about it, but I do. I feel more optimistic about it than I did a week ago. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Garyak, the, um, the consensus seems to be that the two Ontario teams, the Maple Leafs and the Senators, will get approvals from the provincial governments to proceed. The same is expected in Quebec, but BC appears to be the most likely stumbling block. What do you hear? What do you know? 
Well, one of the things I know is that that, that Ontario has just raised uh, the issue of all of this in the last 48 hours or so. Now, we know that um, uh, in the past, the Ontario government has come around, that Toronto is a hub city in the summer. I think the, the NHL has has made the point that they, they, they had a perfect hub. There were no positive tests when they were in Toronto in the summer, and that's why the province should come around. I think BC remains a huge stumbling block. I think John would tell you, and, and anybody else would tell you, that when, uh, when, when the league was negotiating with British Columbia in the summer, they thought they had a deal. And then at, at, the, at the last minute, the league threw a wrench into it. Um, I believe that even with Ontario going into lockdown, they will come around on these two teams. But I'm not convinced that British Columbia will come around and allow the, the Canucks to play in, in Vancouver. And if, if that happens, guys, then the Canucks are going to have to play somewhere else. Well, I mean, it, it, the, the interesting thing for me, Bruce, is, is what, I, you know, the, all this discussion of all seven teams being forced to go south of the border uh, made little or no sense. It, it was it was put out there in order to, to try to create some some news and create some pressure. Um, the, if the Canucks play, they I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in Edmonton or Calgary. Yeah. Uh, probably in Edmonton because Edmonton seems to have handled bubbles better than anybody else of recent, uh, we're, and we're witnessing it now with the the start of the World Juniors coming later in the week. Um, but you know, but we there's still no approvals in Quebec, although. I mean, Quebec has been very open, even in junior hockey, to try to make things work, even yeah. though they haven't worked. They're going to try to make things work. Ontario will come around. Manitoba has changed its opinion. So you're right. It's, it's back to uh, Dr. Henry and the people in British Columbia have always said, because they, in the summertime, we were going to Vancouver. There was no question we were going to Vancouver for the bubble. But, but the public health department in British Columbia wanted to interject itself into the scheduling of games, the postponement of games, and that was just something the NHL could not fathom when they were trying to put the original bubble together. Was, that, was there a sense there, though, that, that uh, just one small point, was there a sense there, John, that, that if, the, if one player tested positive, that the, that the whole bubble got shut down? And the other thing I was wondering is, is there any possibility that they put the Canucks in Saskatoon? Well, um, the, the first part is true. They, want, they wanted to regulate as soon as there were some positive uh, cases, then, then the, the BC Public Health wanted to be involved in everything when it came to, uh, to player safety as well as safety of the, of the arena workers. The, the reality, and I think the NHL proved this out when there were discussions in the summer, you cannot have a non-NHL arena host a team anymore. There are too, there's too much infrastructure when it comes to video review, uh, cameras, everything like that, um, uh, the real-time stats program. There's so much involved uh, that's uh, technically uh, so positive of an NHL arena. You can't go to another arena and have a level playing field. So what we're talking about is the Canucks having to play in an NHL city. Um, and obviously to me, the easiest one would be one in Alberta. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, does it really matter? I mean, no, well, look, San Jose's going, San Jose's yeah, going to exactly. Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And they'll, 
they're going to tra- they're going to have their start their training camp there and depending on what happens with Santa Clara County uh, they may end up playing some games there. I, I think the NHL is quite prepared and my sense of it the NHLPA is is on board with this that there may need to be some twinning and 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 the twinning may not be just at the start. It may happen a weekend. It may happen a month in where a certain you know, a, a, an outbreak or a continued spiking or whatever, and uh, a state government or a local health official or group like in Santa Clara County says, okay, we're going to lock it down even further for a month. Um, and teams will just go and, and I'm with you, John, I don't, I know that the NHL's raised the idea of a neutral site. Uh, it makes no sense. And also if you're trying to reduce travel, why would you go to a neutral site if you can twin with another NHL city, it cuts down on the travel um, exponentially. So I don't see it's a big deal. I, to me, the bigger issue is, well, if you can keep all seven Canadian teams north of the border, which appears to be the case, then now you can go. And, you know, may not be how we think it is right now, but I, 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 don't, see it, I don't see it as being a big issue at all. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. One of the things that came up I'm going to say several weeks ago, um, was the notion of teams traveling to play at least two games in a city when they make a road trip. So, for example, if uh, Ottawa went to uh, out to Edmonton, they play two games against the Oilers, then go down, probably play two games against the Flames, and then two games probably against the Canucks, wherever they, they play. Do you guys know, have you heard, whether that's still on the agenda my understanding is is as long as the teams play on their own rings yeah bob that that's the plan right now is to if the ottawa senators or toronto maple leafs go to uh western canada it'll be a 10 to 12 day trip with with probably two to three games in each city i i think uh, someone told me that on one of the you know schedules that was kind of being floated around that ottawa was going to play three games in Edmonton at one point. Um, I, I, one thing it could set up, uh, Scott, is it could set up some pretty good rivalries, couldn't it? I mean, it, you know, that second game is probably going to be pretty good if, if that, in fact, is the way they go. Yeah, and I think you're, you're right on. I mean, the math makes – the math is a little bit different, obviously, with the seven Canadian teams, right? And you're playing 56 games, so that makes my head hurt. But you're talking nine to ten yeah. games, so – you could play three games in one visit uh, and it would, you know, that fits your schedule. To me, the, the three 18 divisions in the, in the States, you know, you're going in and you're playing four at home, four on the road against everyone else in your division. So, you know, the math works out Yeah, To me, it doesn't make any sense to go somewhere and play three games, but the, so the math works yeah. out, go in. You know, if uh, Colorado goes to L.A., two games there. Down the road, two games against Anaheim. Uh, go to Arizona and play four games against Coyotes and 
and the Sharks, maybe not on the same trip, but I mean, you can, you start to see how the schedule is going to unfold pretty quickly, given the, you know, the nice math of it. And that's part of the reason, you know, the 56 games make sense for the three American-based divisions. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm curious to see what you guys think. I, I think it has the potential to be, listen, everyone, I think, loves the idea of, of what the dynamic with the Canadian division. And as you point out, Bruce, the potential for, like, who doesn't want to see, you know, Toronto, Ottawa back-to-back or twice in three nights, uh, you know, the Battle of Alberta, all those kinds of things. I wonder what it's going to be like in the West, especially. You've got three California teams in various states of rebuild, three of those, all three California teams failed to make the return to play. Man, that's a lot of games against junk teams if those teams continue to struggle. And, and it does create, you know, that division for me, it'll be interesting to see. But, you, you know, you live with what you, you've got to live with, right? I mean, you can't make, <laughs> you're going to have lousy teams. It's just that most of them are now potentially in that West division. Let me ask another question here of you guys who, who I assume know the answer that I don't know. And that is we understand the Canadian teams. The proposal is the Canadian teams will not cross the border. These seven teams will play in a division um, exclusively. They will play each other for 56 uh, games, whether you think that's good or bad. What happens in the, the three divisions that are American based? Will there be any interdivisional games there? No, 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 no. So the, the so the plan is you have your group of eight, and that's that's who you play against. I, I think you know the whole concept of of safety being part of this limiting travel. Although when you're in the Western Division, limiting travel means you're only in three time zones, <laughs> just like Canada. Uh, and really, what they're trying to do is uh, replicate, I think, closer to what happened in Major League Baseball, Bob. Uh, with the 60 game schedule there was limited travel there uh, they did try to keep people in their own divisions for for all intents and purposes and then the first two rounds of the playoffs in fact Bob will be within your own division and then the only time and I think this is done for a reason the only time that you, you play outside your division will be in the in the conference final and the Stanley Cup final which if the pandemic continues could be done in a bubble for a month Right now, one thing the NHL has not faced or did not face last year was any kind of an outbreak. And uh, well, they did a magnificent job, though. I mean, in all right, both fine. Toronto I mean, and, and yeah, bravo, okay, congratulations. I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not being critical. I'm simply stating a fact. We have not seen what happens if there is an outbreak. We have seen it uh, to some extent. Well, we saw it in soccer. We saw it in baseball. We've now seen it in the National Football League. Um, certainly seen it in college football. Now, all of a sudden you've got teams that are traveling the chance of going through a season without somebody getting it is pretty slim. Wouldn't you agree? And, and now all of a sudden, is there a contingency plan to reschedule games or, or work around things? And, and I say this because we're, we're now seeing a proposal of 56 games being played in four months. That's 16, more than 16 games a month, 16 and a half games a month. And limited travel. And maybe Edmonton has two teams playing in the same arena. You, you don't have a whole lot of wiggle room here. No, and, and you know what, Bob? It's, it's interesting because 
know the NHL didn't have any outbreaks when it returned to play, but Ottawa is a team that had a huge outbreak. I think they had as many as, as eight players and 10 people on that plane, if you include the broadcaster the, who got it, uh, Gord Wilson, after they came back from California when the league went on pause. Right. And, and you look at that situation, you look how quickly it spread on that plane. The National Hockey League can say all it, wa- say all it wants to, play, to its players. When, when we go on the road, you can't eat, the, you can't eat at the hotel dining room. You've got to order room service or Uber Eats. Uh, you've got to participate in team meals, and you can't do, you can't walk to the rink. But there will be no control of these players when they're in their own cities. I mean, you, you can't tell That's a player a to, to not go out for dinner, Bob. And and you're right; there has to be some contingency built in. Well, and I think I think that's one of the reasons why that they're limiting the schedule so that you only have to worry about juggling within the division if you need to if you need to reschedule a postponed game of some sort against one of your seven or eight rivals. Um, the, the the other thing is, is the learning curve again, although the players, some of the players that were in the bubble understood it, the learning curve is exactly what Major League Baseball did go through for those first six weeks when the Marlins were in terrible shape, when the Cardinals were in terrible shape, and then everybody bought into the program. Uh, and, and really it was in the end, Bruce, it became peer pressure, pressure yeah. amongst the players to say, Hey, what are you doing? Why are you jeopardizing our team? Why are you jeopardizing, uh, the schedule so that you can go out and have a beer in a bar? Now, I'm not sure there's going to be any bars <laughs> open yeah. in North America at that point, although in, in certain cities there obviously will be. Uh, but that to me is uh, that that to me is something I think that they've probably given a, a lot of concern to, and there'll be a con- there'll be a buffer of seven probably seven days near the end of the year where where rescheduled games can be played. Yeah, but Bob's point's a good one though. I mean, and we haven't. And we don't know what will happen. I talked to somebody from the league and, and if you're talking one or two games and you have, you know, whatever the threshold is going to be, if you've got one or two positive cases and you have to pull a team back or whatever you have to do, what I'm not sure will happen is if a team can't play for three weeks and then that is a whole other, I mean, that's, that becomes the, you know, that's where that's where you're talking about a completely different discussion because you can't reschedule seven or eight games at that end, you know, and, and baseball was able to what they do too, you know, they did mini double header, seven inning games. I mean, they were able to, you know, manipulate their own game in a way to, to deal with the, the missteps early on, you know, the NHL has some wiggle room, but they don't have that kind of wiggle room. And, and that'll be the, you know, again, we don't know. Right. I mean, you hope to think that you've learned, what happened in the bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton, you can apply that, and, but we don't know. And we're going to find out. Uh, what are the rosters going to look like? Um, I assume, I mean, remember there's no, we have no minor hockey being played. Um, at least minor professional hockey being played. I assume I haven't heard. Um, so uh, yeah. Expansion of rosters, five guys get sick. Are there five guys to replace them? Or do you wind up in a scenario where, um, because of the dangers, and, and, yet, and this is the other thing you got to remember, and we, we tend to forget this, because this happened a lot in the National Football League. One guy gets sick, now all of a sudden, 
maybe you have to shut down the whole thing because for the next two or three days, you're not sure how, whether that's spread. So, um, what, what do we know about the alternatives for adding players? If in fact, somebody tests positive, anybody? Well, well, you can add up to the, the teams are allowed 23 man rosters. You're allowed up to, uh, uh, six players extra I just wonder if, if you're if every NHL team is carrying 29 players uh to Bob's point is there going to be any point in having an American Hockey League this season I know they plan to start on February 5th and and you know you've got to have those guys available so that you can bring them into your team per, especially the the Canadian teams that have American Hockey League franchises south of the border. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I think that four to six man taxi squad, you know, that gets you off the ground, right? Because you, there are no other options. The other thing is uh, each team will have to have three goaltenders uh, available. So you don't run into the situation. You know, to me, the ultimate embarrassment for the NFL is, is the game the Denver Broncos played without a quarterback. And, you know, I think the NHL, you learn from that kind of, you know, like a, you know, to me, that is, that's a, that was, that's as ugly as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the NHL doesn't want it to, to find itself in a, and with all due respect to David Ayers, who was a great story coming in to beat the Leafs, uh, you know, as the uh, emergency backup goalie. But, uh, and I think this is, you know, you try and hedge your bets as much as possible. So having three goalies, um, you know, you, you hope that you don't get into a situation where a team, you know, can't you know doesn't have any goalies and and again I think this is to start the season because I think this there, we're going to see a lot of permutations as as the season moves along and certainly if the AHL is able to get up and start running in, in some fashion in early February as Bruce mentioned you know then maybe you tweak things as you move along and uh, as the the vaccine be, become more widely available that's the anticipation on both sides of the border, certainly as we head into spring and summer. So again, you know, I think what we talk about now, we do this again in early February, we may be talking about a whole other set of dynamics. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's, that's important to note is that the, the rules that start the season aren't the rules 30 games in and aren't the rules at the end and aren't the rules in the playoffs. Uh, just because I think people have uh, every hope that, that uh, we're a little over the hump. Although, I mean, let's face it. And Dr. Fauci has told everybody every time, including, you know, every commissioner of of professional sports in North America, that uh, January 15th is when the pandemic could be at its worst. Um, And so those are, those are things that, that have to be concerned, but the, but what we, how we start, where we start, uh, on the 13th is not necessarily where we're going to end. And, and for the first time in a long time, you know, this is a very conservative sport. Um, this, this is, uh, you know, stay in your lane sport. Uh, and we're going to have to, everybody's going to have to be flexible. The teams are going to have to be flexible. The broadcasters are going to have to be flexible. The fans are going to have to be flexible uh, to make sure that the season can finish. And then the integrity of the Stanley Cup playoffs, if there, is, if there is such a thing, aren't compromised when they start in mid-May. It seems to me, too, guys, that we're going to see a, a wide variance in the number of fans that are allowed into various arenas in various locales. 
There are some states in the United States. Well, all, all, everybody seems to have a different policy statewide in the U.S. Are, are we sure that nobody's going to be allowed in the building in Canada, at least for the foreseeable future? I am. I, I don't. I don't see us. I don't see us as seeing any Canadian fans at all until further notice. I really don't. I mean, we're Bob. We're going to be lucky to have teams and arenas, let alone. John, fans I get that, but you know, it wasn't that long ago you were talking about you know the possibility that uh, at some point during this season, a month in, two months in, fans would start to be allowed into the arenas, and the NHL actually discussed that possibility that wish that 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 yeah, but, things develop but but where we're, but where that, we but that, right now that's there's, where the there's no optimism. that's where the pandemic is you know well there's no opti no level of optimism that that can happen no. well i mean with dallas dallas yeah. says that dallas is saying now that they they might put up to five thousand people yeah. but American that's Air texas and that's one of the worst hit covid places and those rednecks don't know what they're doing so are you know you're not gonna you're, you're not going to listen to what, what Texas does. You know, I mean, California has been hit hard, but at least the, 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 the government there has shut things down aggressively. In Texas, they're still walking around with their Stetsons on thinking nothing's wrong. I can't get, catch this. You know, I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my cue from Texas or Florida. But I don't, I don't think, think it, so. no one's taken their cues from any of anyway. those, they take their own cues from their own people, Bob. Well, I, mean, I know. That's what, but that's, and, yeah. and, you know, in Florida, and we know this because the Raptors, who of course can't play in Toronto, but are going to play at Amelie Arena. I mean, you know, they Amelie has all kinds of safeguards in place. They believe that, and with the blessing of local health officials, they're going to be able to have a, and I can't remember what the number is, is 4,000 or, you know, whatever the number is, let's call it 25%. Um, I assume the lightning uh, following similar protocols, as long as they continue to work, they will have fans uh, at Amelie Arena when they begin. But that doesn't, you know, again, and this is where it's difficult for the NHL um, because they have to sort through, you know, 24 different sets of realities plus the five provincial governments north of the border. Um, and I'm not sure, Matt, you know, again, you know, player, I don't, not even sure. I mean, it helps revenue wise but it's a small thing relatively speaking it's really about can you do it safely does it impact the ability of the games to go on if you do have some fans in there um i i think it's a bit of a red herring frankly i mean until you get to a point where it's possible that fans across the board are going to be allowed in it and what happens uh, protocol wise and what happens how many people will actually buy tickets yeah. when they're able to and i think that's the thing that the nhl doesn't know yet and you know, hopefully, maybe they get to get a sense of that by the very end of this season or into the playoffs. But that's, again, no one knows that yet. You know, well, Bob, one, one thing, sorry, Bob, one of the things that the, the seven Canadian uh, presidents of the teams have focused on through the course of this is selling season tickets for the 21-22 season. You know, like, I don't think there are any plans in place have any fans in Canadian buildings this season. I, I think that every pretty much every Canadian team has accepted that fact, Bob, and, and to that point you made, and they're focused on trying to sell their season tickets for next season. And what they're hoping to get is maybe a little bit of revenue 
from their rink boards by playing in their own rinks. Yeah, except, and, and I, you know, get, people say things and they want to say the right thing. What they're going to do behind the scenes is entirely yeah. different. Um, Eugene Melnick, you know, owner of your uh, local franchise, was on this program, what, John, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, and... You know, in the course of the conversation, he opined that he could put 6,000 people safely in his building. I mean, I love Eugene, but that's nuts, isn't it? That's it is now. Crazy. You know, I mean, it's just, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, they like to tell you that their priority is safety. But the truth of the matter is that while safety is a priority, so are economics. So are, So is limiting the losses that these owners are going to sustain. So um, greed, lust, and pestilence is going to rear its ugly head at some point here in at least a few places. And what I get concerned about is if you get 4,000 people, 5,000 people in a particular arena, Dallas, Tampa, Miami, wherever, and there are, there's no huge outbreak, although I'm not sure how you could tell, uh, that others will be emboldened by that and say ah well look they did it it was okay we i don't will. think so bob i don't think so bob i mean it, it, you know you talked about california governor gavin newsom has been vigilant about this oh andrew no there's cuomo jurisdictions was, i acknowledge that john yeah the, yeah. yeah andrew cuomo i mean i i of, of all the places in the united states i'd be i'd be watching the state of new york when you think of the islanders rangers and sabers and if they go into a deeper lockdown uh, just like we are in, in some of the places in Canada. I mean, I, th there, are, there are things to be concerned about um, in being able to play games and, and, or, or being able to move and post, use postponed games. So I, I think that there's an awareness of all this. Uh, and on the other side, then you got 31 general managers who are now, or at least 10 of them now are in, in, in sweating deeply because they've got to get under the salary cap for the 13th yeah. of January as well. So there's going to be, it, it, it's such a strange period of time uh, when you've got the business side, you've got the health side, and then you got the hockey guys in the middle saying, we're, we're starting when, and, and what can I do? And I've got to, I've got to understand how to, how to, how to manage my money. And I don't really have very much money. It's an interesting time to be in the game. Yeah. You know, one well, of the points, one of the points that 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 Eugene Melnick made on your podcast, so Bob, that I thought was interesting was the whole notion of having a rapid test, and and yeah, that would be your way to get your six thousand people in the building properly, socially distanced, with masks on. Where and and I talked to him later about it after after you had spoken to him, and he said one of the things that he's looking into is a rapid test where you're tested when you go in the parking lot. The result takes about 15 minutes, half an hour. You get a green light on your phone and you can go in while you sit in the parking lot. Does it sound far-fetched? It, it, who knows? Well, I don't know if it's, is it safe? Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't pretend to know the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me, the, the, the Bruce raised this point, and to me, this is, the, this is the whole, the critical part of it is, all of this is an exercise in getting something done it's that 56 games 2021 you have a four round playoff you if you can get through that the expectation is is that you can then get back to a normal schedule starting in october of 21 
Seattle comes in, now you you disperse the expansion fees you have, assuming the IOC doesn't screw things up, which they have in the past. You have a look ahead to the 22 Olympics in Beijing with the NHL back at it. And maybe you start to claw your way out of this, but this is, it's kind of a domino thing. And this is, with all the uncertainty, this is, it's, it's critical that whatever happens, and, and that's why I, I honestly, I think the fans in the building is a bit of a red herring. Because as Bruce pointed out, I don't think anyone certainly can expect it's going to happen. If you can do it safely in some buildings at some point, they will. But this is really about getting this season done and and then moving forward. And I think that's, you know, that's really what this, it's uh, it, that's really sort of the long-term focus of this. Get this done, get through it, and let's see what happens next fall. What do we do? What do we do when we get to the playoffs um, in the NHL? Um what do we do about travel mm-hmm. at that point? Uh, now you're going to, at some point, there is a, well, a guarantee that either an American team is going to have to travel to Canada or a Canadian team is going to have to travel to the U.S. And are you going to play in neutral sites? Are you going to go back into bubbles? Do we know the answers to any of these questions? No, because we don't know what the landscape will look like. And we don't know whether that border will be, you know, obviously if the Canadian border remains closed and requires 14 day quarantines for for even people who are allowed into the country, uh, that's not going to happen. So as John alluded to, then you have to, then you have to decide what you're going to do. Are you going to play, you know, where are you going to, where are you going to play the games? Do they go to, to the Canadian, you know, there's a Canadian divisional winner, go to the States and they play two rounds possibly and finish up the conference final and the Stanley cup final in the States in some sort of hub or mini bubble or whatever. Um, Do the American teams come North and do the same? No one knows that, but I think that's, that's the point of having only divisional play. It's why hopefully by that point, things, the landscape looks different. And, and the Canadian government may, may say, hey, we're, we feel we're at a pretty good place with vaccines and outbreaks. And yes, we will allow this. And so you can have a normal, normal, um, so, uh, tr- you know, playoff grid set up. But I think that's the whole point of playing division. So, so you got two rounds of playoffs in, the can- in Canada. Maybe by the end of that, you get to a point where things are a lot different and a lot more clear in terms of how it'll work out. But yeah, well, no one yeah, I, I'm. I just. I, I have so many. I mean, so many yeah. questions are. Who knows, Bob? My mind. Yeah, we don't know the answers to any of these things. I guess, and and I'm sympathetic to the NHL. They can't answer all these questions at this time. But you know, you get to first round of playoffs, or first two rounds of playoffs are going to be within the division. Are they going to travel? Is it going to be you know the usual two two one 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 or whatever? Um, are they going to play in neutral sites? All seven games. Are they going to go into quarantine and then you and then you get to round three, presumably? Now you got to go across the border, et cetera, et cetera. So lots of things still to be determined. I I I assume. Yes. Uh, guys, um, a pleasure seeing you. We um, we wish you a, a happy holiday season, and um, we uh, look forward to having the opportunity to have you rejoin us sometime in the new year, and keep our fingers crossed that this. NHL experiment works out. Uh, Garyak, Burnside, thank you, pals. And And, uh, Shannon, talk to you on Wednesday. That's it for the podcast for today. Have a good one. Bye.